and welcome to the Thomas Risley Church Good Friday service, which is being led by Colin Burroughs, and his theme is It Is Finished. There is a playlist for today's service, and you can access that from the church website. I just wanted to notice us before I hand over to Colin. Firstly, this afternoon, just a reminder that the church together in Birchwood has a service on Zoom at 3 p.m., um, Vander and Stuart have both sent the links out on email, but they're all, it's also available um, on the church newsletter and on the Facebook page. A reminder that tomorrow is the Easter trail from two till four. And then on Sunday, we have our Easter day service at 1040 with breakfast, which I'm sorry, but you have to provide yourselves from 10 o'clock. If that's too late for your breakfast, then maybe you could just join us with a cup of tea or coffee. Again, there is a playlist for that. And the playlist contains all of the 20 songs from which we chose our uh, songs for the service. So it is quite long. You might need to dip in and out. And the access again is from the church website. OK, so lots of notices. I'll hand over to Colin. I'm just wondering how many people I'm going to see on Sunday morning at the queue in McDonald's car park for takeaway breakfast. <laughs> Get there early because I'm going to be there. <laughs> and I normally bring up quite a lot. Call to worship for today is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We're going to begin our service this morning with a hymn. Um, it's one that's on the playlist that Elaine was telling you about. On the playlist, it's sung by uh, 550 kids from the uh, University Christian Union Choir, and it's sung in a seven or eight languages, which made it quite interesting to listen to, especially the Dutch lad, who was clearly de definitely Dutch. If you watch the video, you will know what I mean. All right, so we're going to start by singing When I Survey.
Shall we all pray together? Jesus, our advocate, in the darkness of Gethsemane, you wept for us. Shedding tears of blood, you shared our pain. Jesus, our Redeemer, on the way to the cross, you suffered for us. Tortured, spat upon and despised, you carried our burdens. Jesus, our Saviour, on the hill of Calvary, you died for us. Crucified and hung upon a tree, you released us into freedom. Son of the living God, Redeemer, Saviour, Advocate, through the journey of suffering, in the place of darkness, you overcame death forever and brought us into newness of life. Father God, we just thank you that we can come before you this morning to remember what this day really is. We pray, Lord, that you'll speak to each one of us, that each one of us will have our own feelings, our own thoughts about what this day means to us. Father, we just lift it before you, our time together, that you may speak to us and that you will fill our hearts with the love of Jesus. In his name we ask it. Amen. And the Nixon family will lead us with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you. We're going to now have our readings. When Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathering there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I can find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I can find no basis for the charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law and according to the law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. 
Don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at the place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbathia. It was the day of preparation of, of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucifying him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. 
Now, it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may also, also may believe. These things happen so that scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken, and... As another scripture says, they will look on the day on the one they have pierced. Thanks, Janet. Thanks, Colin. I, I find trouble reading those verses without wanting to cry. Because it's just so emotional, so real and so true. Let's just pray a minute. Father, thank you for your readings that tell us so clearly of what happened on this day nearly 2,000 years ago. We pray, Lord, that the words that said now are the words you want us to hear. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know why, but a few days ago I wanted to go to the cemetery to visit my parents' grave. I hadn't been for a long time. And whilst I was there, I found myself reflecting on the sacrifices that they'd made to bring me and my brother and my two sisters up. All of them were born in the war, the Second World War, although I was born significantly later. It was a really difficult time. Sacrifice. Sure, there was a reason for me to think of sacrifice given the time of year. Over the last year or so, I think we've all had to make sacrifices, some far more restrictive and serious than others. The effect of the virus has really changed the way we live our lives, having to give things up to keep not only ourselves safe, but others safe as well. But what has not changed is the sacrifice that was made for all of us almost 2,000 years ago, and we, which we especially remember today. Good Friday is a day when we remember sacrifice. A sacrifice that's so great, the whole world at the very least knows about it. And a great number reflects on it. It's one of those days where you don't really know what to do. Celebrate it or be shocked by it. One thing is for certain, we should truly thank God for it. As we read in our readings around 2,000 years ago, Jesus, God's true son, was being tried by the Jewish high priests. They were desperate to find a way in which they could get him out of the way. Finally, they thought they had. In verse 7, we hear the Jews saying, he claimed to be the son of God. That was it. The religious leaders had what they wanted, for according to the laws in the Old Testament, this was an act of blasphemy and was punishable by death. 
although the Old Testament was full of prophecies about Jesus coming, they did not believe that this was he. The religious leaders had their law right, but they had their eyes completely closed to the light of God's revelation. They completely missed the fact that all Jesus' works, his manner, his compassion, his love, everything about him showed that he truly was God in the form of man. But not wanting to take the responsibility for his death and themselves, they had taken him to both Herod and Pilate to find him guilty, and yet neither could find fault with him. Pilate questioned him, had him flogged, the soldiers twisted, together a crown of thrones, dressed him in a purple robe, but still Pilate could find no reason to have him executed. And finally he brought him out to the crowd, and again he told the, pre- the high priests he could find no fault in him. But our reading tells us that as soon as the chief priests saw him, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Very quickly, that became the chance of the crowd and everyone was screaming for Jesus' death. The chief priests finally manipulated Pilate into having to make a decision and he ordered Jesus to be crucified. Can you imagine what it would be like to have been there? If you or I would have been there, what would we have said? If we'd been there, what would we have done? Would we have been brave enough to stand against the crowd, to stand against the mob? Would we still have even been there or would we have walked or run away? Where would our faith have put us? As he was carrying the cross, what would we have done? Would we have helped him? As they were nailing him to the cross, what could we do? If we had been in the crowd, would we have stood up for him? Would we have proclaimed who he was? In the face of possible death, would we have spoken for him? We are here now claiming to be part of his family. But what are we doing for him? Think about that. Do people know who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in? Think about what Jesus did for us. If this had happened today, would you be standing for him, with him or hiding? Almighty God comes to earth, lives as a human amongst humans, demonstrates a love and compassion to his fellow men and women that can only be divine, only to be whipped, spat upon, pierced with nails and hung on a tree to die. Good Friday can be described as the most shocking, awful, wicked thing that has ever happened on this planet. But what does it mean for each one of us? In our readings, we hear, later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture could be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of a hyssop plant and raised it to his lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. 
those words of Jesus, it is finished, are really powerful. John wrote his gospel in Greek. And those last words of Jesus are just one word in Greek. And if I get this right, I'll be doing really well. To tell is the word. The expression, it is finished, or to tell was a common word in those times. It was part of the everyday language. In a nutshell, it meant, I have overcome all the difficulties. I have done the job the best I can. It is finished. These were the last words that Jesus spoke to his father before he died. The work that God had given him was complete. He had done it. Do you know, he did it for you, for me, for everyone who can believe who he is. Jesus had come because of God's unending, unfathomable, unmeasurable love for us. Do you realise that that is you? Do you know how important you are to him? That you are his family? That I am his family? That his death on the cross was so that you might live? Do you feel that today? The events of Good Friday are shocking, but were and are absolutely necessary because without them, we would have no hope. We would have no salvation. We would have no promise of eternal life with him. Jesus knew what he was doing. All his life he had been preparing for it. All his life had been doing God's, his father's will. Everything brought him to this day. Everything was so that he could carry all our sins with him on the cross to enable us, you and me, to become God's own children. Jesus' death on the cross was the ultimate sacrifice and all we can do is live our lives to be worthy of him. The job that God had given him to do was complete. And as we reflect today on the events of Good Friday, just remember his final words. It is finished. Amen. I think Pam's now going to lead us with our prayers. Okay, so I'm going to pray, um, lead our prayers for others. And um, I've got a response here if you'd like to join in. So when I say, within our darkest night, the response is, let your light shine. So let's pray. God of all creation, you hold the depths of the earth in your hands. You are closer to us than the air we breathe. Fill our souls with your wonderful love and light. Give us strength and courage to reflect that love and light in the world. Let us never shrink back from who we are in you or hide our light inside ourselves. Renewing us a sense of joy, painting the dark shadows, shadows around us with your light, your love and your salvation. Hear us today as we pray for a world too often darkened by disease, war, hatred, power and greed. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. 
God of power and might, your broken world cries out from the depths, a world dominated by the darkness of coronavirus, war, terror, pain and suffering. We continue to pray for those throughout our world living in the shadow of the coronavirus epidemic. We pray for your comfort, strength, patience and healing. Help us to be sensible and fair. Thank you for our volunteers, frontline workers and NHS staff as they care for us and deliver our vaccine programme. Please protect them and give them strength. We place in your hands the many areas of the world facing rising numbers and deaths from this horrible virus. We pray the vaccine programme will be increasingly available and effective for all your people. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. We think of the ongoing conflict in Myanmar, Syria and the Middle East. We see the pain and anguish of those who have had to flee from their homes, countries and livelihoods, who risked their lives desperate for a new start free from fear and war. May they see your light, feel your strength and power and know the truth of your promise that we shall not be overcome by the dark shadows of life or the darkness of human nature. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. God of compassion and grace, we share with you our love and concern for people in a dark place today. We have on our hearts the friends and loved ones of the victims of illness, violence and hatred. We pray that they will find your strength in the compassion and love of those around them. We pray for tolerance in our society. Let your light shine through the darkness of all their pain and their suffering. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. God of life, we ask for your healing power on those who are enduring pain, illness or grief. We especially think of those known to us, those we name quietly in our hearts. We know your everlasting light shines with us in moments of great sadness and great joy. Lord, we pray for the people here in the Birchwood area. Show us how to be a beacon of your love and grace to those we meet. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. God of love and hope, renew in us a deeper sense of who we are in you. Help us to be aware of your presence each and every day. Make us instruments of love and praise. May our words, actions and lives be living examples of your forgiving, healing, life-giving love. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. And I'm just going to finish with a short poem that I found that I thought was really apt. Never let go, though it's hard to hold on. This love will hold you and won't let go. Never let go of the hope that you have, an anchor in the storm, a safe harbour. Never let go, eternal arms hold you, tenderly care when no one else is there. Never let go, you have a purpose, a reason to exist and a God who loves you. Never let go, 
all will be well, the clouds will pass and the light will shine. But learn to let go of shackles that hold you, of memories that hurt. God's love holds fast. Never let go of a God who never lets go of you. Amen. Thanks, Pam. Great words, then. Better than the sermon. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> let's, let's sing the final song together. How deep the Father's love for us.
like to thank Colin for such a moving service. Can I ask you now, please, to unmute and to go onto gallery view so that we can say the grace to each other? May the grace be Amen. 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 Amen.